Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again, and I hope all is well. Hey Dan, yeah, all good over here. Um, really excited for this show. Plenty of sort of talking points came out of football over the weekend, um, and there's lots to look forward to in the coming days as well. We've got European football, we've got plenty going off at home, and more importantly, as all the uh, listeners will be dying to know, uh, I'm on my 14th Easter egg since Sunday. And if that's not enough to make life pretty perfect at the minute, I don't know what is. What a week he's having. But last and certainly not least is Sam Tizzle. Sam, how have you been this past seven days? Mate, it's been a belter. Newcastle, five wins on the spin. I've not quite managed uh, 14 Easter eggs like Craig's managed, but this is my third show. So I'm expecting a hat-trick ball at the end of the show. It's in the post, mate. But that's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start... Wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag, and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Well, after last weekend's events, let's look at the outright Premier League title odds. Craig, if City win each of their remaining matches, they keep hold of the title. Do you think they can stay champions now, or odds of 8-11? to 11? Yeah, I mean, we spoke about the outright markets a couple of weeks ago, Dan, when we had the international break. And, and it was at that point that I think for the first time I said that I'd sort of slowly moved towards Arsenal being my most likely winners. And then Manchester City go up and, and put performance like they did on Tuesday against Bayern Munich. And, and again, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know is the answer. I, what I will say is from a betting point of view, I think City are too short to be back in. Um, and that's basically a point that I made like sort of two, three weeks ago when we spoke about this. The number of games they've got to play. Um, they're pretty much through in the Champions League based on what happened on Tuesday. So that's another three minimum games in that competition. Um, you would fancy their chances of beating Sheffield United in the FA Cup. So it's two more FA Cup games to come. It's five extra in other competitions, plus the game in hand that they've still got over Arsenal in the league. So that's an extra six games, potentially more depending on the progress they have in Europe. Um, we're coming towards the end of the season. It's one where we've played a World Cup in the middle, which... I think we've probably all forgot about, to be honest now. Um, if anybody can cope with all of that, it's, it's probably Manchester City. They're the only team that could probably cope with it. The quality of their depth is unbelievable. But at the same time, the odds of 8-11 to 11 on them to win that, when you're factoring how many extra games they've got to come in such a short period of time, uh, it's not for me. So so I wouldn't be back in City. Um, it's, a, it's really the toss of a coin, I think, who wins it from here. Well, by the same token, Sam, the Gunners know that if they avoid defeat at the Etihad, then in theory, it's still in their own hands. So would you prefer to back Mikel Arteta's men odds of 11 to 10? Do you know what it is? Like, my brother's an Arsenal fan. Uh, I've got two mates that are really, really good Arsenal fans as well. And for the last uh, the last two months, I've been saying Arsenal are going to do it. They'd be the ones that have been panicking. Uh, and what I'm seeing of City in the last three weeks now, this looks like... Pep Guardiola team, when they're coming into the business end of the season, they've actually seemed to have found that winning formula, that playing style as well that's suiting Haaland. Uh, I'm generally concerned now for it, but I've got to stick to my guns. I'm going to stick with the Arsenal uh, to, to hold out, basically. But, yeah, I'm very concerned right now. If I'm looking at it, the fixture list is it's crazy. 
I mean, Arsenal, obviously, they're not going to have the Champions League to worry about, but tough games coming up. Obviously, they've got to play City. They've got Brighton. That's going to be a horrible game. And obviously, my lot as well. Newcastle uh, at St. James Park. So, it's going to be so tight. I actually honestly think this could come down to, to one point. You mentioned Guns Sam. Let's focus on the Gunners next as they travel to West Ham on Sunday. Craig, the Hammers have undefeated in four of their last six league outings. So, patchy form. But then you've got to take into account that 5-1 disaster show in midweek at Times Newcastle. With that said, could there be a twist in the tail at the London Stadium with the home win being back to odds of 19-4? to yeah, I think this game looks a, a lot tougher than it probably did maybe two or three weeks ago for Arsenal, both in terms of what West Ham have done recently and, and sort of Arsenal's maybe Arsenal's performance against Liverpool in the second half, particularly last week, I really wasn't impressed at all. Um, in Arsenal's favour, though, is the fact that West Ham are in Belgium on Thursday night. So West Ham have got the extra game to play midweek, plus the travel home to deal with. Um, it's going to be very close. For the reason of travel and the reason of playing the game, I'm going to give Arsenal the edge here. But I don't think this will be easy. I think it will be a, a tough game. And as I said, on paper, it looks much tougher than it did a few weeks ago. Um, it's only going to be narrow. And the bet that I've picked out here is an Arsenal win and under 2.5 goals, which is 3-1. to one. Now, both of these teams do have goals in them. And, and West Ham in particular have been conceding quite a lot. But I just see this as being quite a tight, cagey affair. Um, Arsenal, after last weekend, maybe... I wouldn't say that they're sort of in any kind of trouble, but, you know, mathematically things do look slightly tougher for them now than what they did last weekend. And I think that might play on the mind a little. Um, they won't want to lose this one for certain. So I can see them edging it, but very close with, with few goals. So Arsenal to win under 2.5 goals, 3-1 to one will be my pick. OK, then, Sam, Craig has gone for a low-scoring affair. The bookmakers at the moment can't decide if it's going to finish with both teams to score or both teams not scoring. Both options are 10 to 11 at the moment. So if you're looking at this game before kickoff, what do you currently make in the market? So it's an interesting one is this. Um, I have a look at myself. Arsenal usually have the, have it all their own way against West Ham. They've won six of the last seven against the Hammers. They've again been in a draw. Obviously, what we've seen is some frailty from Arsenal defensively a little bit, actually, in the last few weeks as it's getting to the, towards that stage of the season. Now we've seen a little bit of Nerves maybe in there from some certain players and some cracks. I actually think West Ham will get on the score sheet here, but I do fancy that Arsenal will win this game still. So for me, I'm liking the looks of both teams to score and an Arsenal win this one. Okay, then the Hammers are also in action on Thursday night as they travel to Ghent. Craig, you just mentioned there. So we spoke about this competition and West Ham's positioning in it and whether it's going to be a distraction a couple of weeks ago. Now, it certainly looked a distraction a couple of weeks ago, but since then, they've won two of their last three. So, because of that, Craig, can David Moyes give this game both barrels in just a few hours? Yeah, I think it has. Yeah, I think it's given them slightly more licence. But, you know, looking at league table, they are only three points clear of the drop zone still. They've moved up quite a few positions, and there's a few teams in between them and the drop zone now, but it is still only three points. So, that will be sort of in the back of their head. Um I, I do think that they will take this quite seriously on Thursday. That They do seem to have played fairly strong teams and taken this competition quite seriously throughout. Um, they have a slightly more of a pass, if we say, to have a go for it than, than what they would have done a few weeks back. Um, they're 11-10 to 10 to win on Thursday, and it wouldn't surprise me if they did win. Um, they played far better in Europe than what they played in the Premier League this season, but at the same time are seemingly picking up in the Premier League as well. So this could be a real turning point for, for West Ham, a point where they can you know, give themselves genuine claims of winning this, this competition, 
but also getting another few points on the board and, and making the last few games slightly more manageable for their fans rather than being in the uh, the, the middle of the relegation battle. So we'll see what happens with West Ham. I, I do think they'll take this seriously. I think they can afford to, and I think they can win as well at 11-10. to 10. OK, Sam, with that in mind, as Craig just said, it is 11-10 to 10 for the away win. Does that interest you? Have you got something else on your mind? I don't know, maybe a draw, maybe even a win for the Belgians. How do you weigh this one up? Yeah, do you know what it is? The draw at 23-10, to 10, there's definitely an element of temptation there because obviously what's happening with them in the league at the moment, um, it's all going to come down to what team gets put out on, on Thursday night. If, if, if You'll see straight away what he's looking at if he's going right. Do you know what? The Premier League is our bread and butter. This is where we really need to be focused. You'll find out around half past four. Uh, but 23 to 10, if if you see a few players dropping out of that starting lineup, I'd definitely be very tempted by that draw, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think you're right in the sense of watch this space. I wouldn't commit to it now if you're listening to the podcast on a Wednesday. Wait for the lineups. And as you say, Sam, if there's a bit of a fundamental change across the lineup, you think, actually, do you know what? Double chance at best, perhaps, but I wouldn't go full pelt for the win. But that's something that Manchester United are probably looking for on Thursday. They welcome Sevilla to Old Trafford. So, Craig, when you factor in this game, Sevilla are no way near the force they were even last season. They are a real failing force this season. Lots of uh, turmoil in Andalusia. So what's the best bet you've got up your sleeve for this clash? Yeah, we just spoke about West Ham maybe having slightly more of a pass to take their game seriously on Thursday. And you could probably argue the same for Manchester United, really. A um, couple of, of recent wins beating Brentford and Everton has kept Manchester United in the top four, sort of three ahead of Tottenham and with a game in hand. So they are in control of that. And that's probably allowed them to, to really have a go at this one. Had they not picked up those six points and been closer to Spurs, you do wonder what would have happened here. Um, Eric Ten Hag has taken this competition quite seriously since the start. I don't think he'll change. As I said, that's aided by the two wins they've had. And if that's the case, then I, I do think they've got enough to beat Sevilla. Um, the Spaniards, as you've sort of mentioned, well below par this season the 13th in La Liga, for a team that more often than not qualifies for European football. Um, they look a shadow of what, what sort of we've come to expect from them. Um, I think Manchester United could well go all out here, try to win this in one leg. Um, they've got a top four battle coming up. They've got an FA Cup semi-final to come and, and what they will be hoping will be a final after that. Um, just for a bit of value in the game, I'm going to take a, a bit of a punt here and I'll go with Manchester United minus two on the handicap line which is them to win by three goals or more. Um, it's 13-5, to five, so it's, it's edging towards 3-1 to one for that. But I could just see United sort of going out to try and put this one out of sight early, uh, win this game, and then maybe be able to take the foot off the pedal slightly in Spain when they go for the second leg. Yeah, I think another thing to consider is that Sevilla are in a similar situation to West Ham in terms of they're nowhere near safe from relegation. They've also got Valencia at the weekend, which is pretty much a six-pointer back in La Liga. So they may be thinking, do you know what? We're in this competition. We love this competition in the past, but we may need to get out of it quite quickly and focus on domestic matters. So again, look at the lineups, and if it's you know what, not what you'd expect from a severe team, I'd be pumping on Manchester United even more. But Sam, with that in mind, Marcus Rashford limped off against Everton on Saturday, so let's exclude him from the potential list. But if you were to select a anytime goalscorer bet, who would be your pick at the Theatre of Dreams? Yeah, so he's a little bit of the forgotten man to be honest. But Anthony Marshall would be my shout for this one. You know, he came back into the fold for United at the weekend against Everton and he got a goal wrapping up a 2-0 win there. So for me, Anthony Marshall is probably going to get some minutes. He's surely going to be rewarded there from Eric Ten Hag. So for me, uh, I'll be going for Anthony Marshall. 
Top shout there. Right, we're going to go bet building once again. And this time, it's Manchester City versus Leicester City as we look to construct another winner this Saturday evening. So, Craig, as always, I like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Yeah, um, I fancy quite a lot of City goals here in this one. So I'm going to go with Riyad Mahrez to score any time at 13-8. to eight. Uh, Pretty much going along the similar lines to what I did a couple of weeks ago when I, when I picked Mahrez to score any time. Um, unused sub on Tuesday night. City made just one sub in that game against Bayern Munich. And for me, that points towards Pep Guardiola making a few changes to his starting eleven here. Uh, and Mahrez is, is one player who I would expect to come into the team. He went close and created plenty of chances when I did back him when, when City played Liverpool when they won 4-1 a couple of weeks back. Um, this Leicester team at the minute looks really there for the taking. Uh, I see nothing but a dominant City win. I think they're going to score plenty of goals. And I think Mahrez is going to be heavily involved and hopefully gets on the score sheet for us. OK, a goal against his former club. With that in mind, Sam, how many goals are you going to go for on the over-under? So, I looked at it, averaged out of the last five games in all competitions. There's been 26 goals in City's last five games, and they've scored 24 of them. So, we've seen seven nils against Leipzig, six nils against Burnley. They beat Liverpool 4-1, Southampton 4-1. They obviously just pummeled Bayern Munich 3 0. So, with that in mind, I'm going for over three and a half match goals at 17 to 20. I think Leicester are definitely taking, like Craig said. Lovely stuff. Do you know what? I'm going to stay on that theme because I'm going to go with both teams not to score. I can see City doing a lot of heavy lifting on Saturday. City were scintillating against Bayern on Tuesday. And Leicester are certainly no Munich machine, are they? So. Yes, of course, the Foxes are going to look for some new manager bounce, and that's something we're going to get to in just a moment. But when you consider they've looked down the list in terms of a replacement, I'm not sure the installation of Dean Smith is going to have the desired effect at the Etihad. Therefore, the goals are going to be scored by Manchester City, and Manchester City alone, in my opinion, and that's why I back both teams not to score on Saturday. OK, then, just to recap our three picks. Craig has gone for Riyad Mahrez to score any time. Sam's gone for over 3.5 total goals. And I've gone for both teams to score no, which means City are going to get all four or more goals come Saturday evening. That's £10 on the betting slip, odds of 17-2, to £95 in your back pocket if it gets over the line. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. But Craig, as I mentioned, Dean Smith has been installed as the new Leicester manager until the end of the season, a name that we didn't even consider in our chat last week. But how do you think he will fare as Fox's manager? Yeah, you're right. Um, not a name that I'd give a, a second thought to, really. Um, the short answer that I'll give you is not very well. Um, I think Leicester were in a lot of trouble before this appointment, and that's not changed at all since the appointment. I just don't see Dean Smith as one to go in, sort of dig deep and get something out of nothing and ultimately sort of turn a team round and help them stay up. Um, what I would say, though, is the long answer to this probably involves me saying that I said exactly the same a few weeks back about Rodgerson and Crystal Palace. Um, and look what he's done there. So probably best not to listen to me when I talk about new manager effect. But in terms of this one for Leicester, I just, it just doesn't look a very inspiring appointment. Um, it doesn't look like the type of appointment that can have instant results. It doesn't look the type of appointment that can go through the dressing room and really shake them up. Um, I just, I, I fear for less. I did fear for Leicester before the appointment, and I fear for them just as much after the appointment. Yeah, Roy's actually ruined my twelve to one Palace bet. But we move on because Sam, do you reckon there is any sense of forward planning when it comes to the installation of Dean Smith as manager until the end of the season? Because let's say he stays on, regardless of whether Leicester stay up or go down. Let's say actually Leicester go down. Dean Smith has experience of getting teams out of the championship. So have Leicester looked at this and thought, do you know what? If the worst does happen, he might be the right man to get us back up. Potentially, but for me, 
I would why would you be in that mindset of like we're planning for next season? You've got to give the players something to play for. And for me, Dean Smith coming in, it's just bizarre. Like I don't know if you saw an interview with James Madison last weekend. He looked deflated. Yeah. Um, you've got senior players like Jamie Vardy. I think Jamie Vardy, why would he drop down to the championship? He could retire at the end of the season if Leicester go down. I think it's a very bizarre one. I think it's uninspiring for Leicester fans. And let's be honest, uh, Dean Smith with Norwich last time out didn't exactly do much of a championship either. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit unsure about this appointment. I don't think it's the best one, to be honest with you. I think they've made a huge mistake. Well, time will tell. We'll find out at the end of the season. Of course, we'll find out at the end of the season who wins the Premier League. So let's focus on City and their desire to win another English League title. Craig, if you're looking at this game from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you think this one pans out? Yeah, there would only be one pick for me here, but it's not really one that I'd bet on because of the odds, and that's would be Manchester City half-time, Manchester City full-time. Uh, but the odds on offer are only 4-7. to seven. Mm. So th- for that reason, it, it's what I think will happen. Um, but it doesn't really appeal from a betting point of view. It's actually a game that, that really doesn't appeal from a betting point of view too much unless you're looking for something at a, a massive price. Um, I think sort of I like to use the handicap market for, for games like this. Um, and that's where I would probably end up going for something that sort of gets us just over evens but looks to have a great chance. And that will be Manchester City minus two. It's 11 to 10, so it's still fairly short when you think that City need to win by three or more. But um, I just see plenty of goals here. I just think City's going to run riot. I think they'll freshen up the team from Tuesday, make a few changes. Players will, will come in with a point to prove. There's there's a lot of games left, which we've already mentioned for City, but that also means there's a lot of opportunities left for players like like sort of Rio Mahrez, who we've just mentioned, to, to get game time. And maybe Julian Alvarez as well. Um, I just think City's going to win this one comfortably. It's 11 to 10 for City minus two. They should do that, surely. Yeah, I think the handicap sounds the right balance between risk and reward for this game. Because as you say, you're looking at the match odds, one to six on, you're going to get no joy out of that. Half-time, full-time, no real joy because it's kind of, it's going to happen more than likely, but the odds aren't really enough to entice you. So I think handicap is the way to go there. But Sam, in terms of that's Norwegian, that being Erling Haaland and his insane goal record, 30 Premier League goals at present. How does 40 or more sound at the end of the season? At evens, is that a bet that you'd be willing to take? Do you know what? Yeah, I'm actually all over it. Now, when you pointed it out to me, I think that's a great price. Uh, I never usually say that about any other player, but I'm looking at it here. He could get free against Leicester this weekend. And you know what I mean? He's done the bulk of the work there. I'm looking at it. They've got Fulham coming up. We've already mentioned last week, Fulham are in holiday mode. You can get another couple there easily. Uh, they've got West Ham. They've got Leeds United uh, at the Etihad. You know, they'll expect, he'll be expected to score a few there. He'll be in the squad every sorry, he'll be in the starting lineup every game for the rest of the season now. They can't afford to drop him. So there's three games there where you can see him couple who scored a brace, maybe the hat trick. So yeah, for me, I like it. I like it as well. Let's lump on for that, but also let's lump on for our long shot acker because we go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between two to one and five to one. So Sam, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Right, so for my pick. It's going to be that man, Neil Warnock. Uh, he's doing a lot of good things at the moment for Huddersfield. Got about, well, he's looking to get them out of trouble in the Championship. He's going to forget Swansea, who are actually not too bad a form themselves at the moment, but they've been flaky all season. I don't think this form's going to last very long, uh, just from what I've seen from over the course of the season. But Huddersfield have taken 11 points in the last five games. So Neil Warnock's got them pair at the moment. They're 19-5 to win away from home. I think that's a good price. So for me... Huddersfield to beat Swansea is my shouts. Great start there. Craig, before I ask actually your pick, did you go for QPR to get relegated at 20-1? to 1? 
yes, I did. No, nowhere near enough as much as what I should have. And I'm also, for, for the first time ever, um, not happy about the points deduction given to teams for financial fair play, which Reading have got, uh, which, which could well sort of scupper my bet landing. Uh, the fact that Reading are in all sorts of trouble and have had six points taken off them. Right, OK, let's move on then. So what have you got up your sleeve for the long shot? Yeah, it's the Premier League for me, and it's Everton to win and under 2.5 goals when they play Fulham. Uh, it's 3-1 to one, this pick. So I'm, I'm joining sort of you two on the Fulham are on the beach bandwagon. Uh, Fulham have lost four in a row in the league, plus this sort of farcical exit from the FA Cup when, when they self-imploded, really, and, and caused themselves all sorts of trouble, not only in that game against Manchester United, but for the future as well. Um, this is a team that are not playing for anything. They're happy that they're staying up. They, you know, job's done. It's not a bad thing that they're not <laughs> nothing to play for. The job's done. Uh, they're counting down the days to the final game of the season. Everton, on the other hand, you know, they've got it all to play for. There's real fight in this team at the minute. They're trying all they can to stay up. And they're going to see this as a massive opportunity to get three points. And they are strongly fancied to win this game because they're at home as well. And I do fancy Everton to keep it tight. I don't think Fulham will go attacking in the sort of the usual way that we normally would see. So I think Everton can get this done. And I think they can win this game either 1 or 2 0. Um, which is the options for, for the bet that I've got. Everton to win the game, combine it with under 2.5 goals, and it's 3-1 to one the odds. OK, then. I'm going to stay in the Premier League, and I'm going to go to the London Stadium and the London Derby between West Ham and Arsenal. So the Hammers have gone unbeaten in four of their last six Premier League outings, and the Gunners' winning run ended on Sunday at the hands of Liverpool. Was that one point gained, or was it two points dropped for Mikel Arteta's men? We'll only know that at the end of the season, and after suffering a blip on Merseyside, Sunday it's going to be another test of their title credentials. Unfortunately for them, I can see them not having all the answers in a frustrating trip across the capital, and therefore I'm back in the title race to take another twist as the points are shared, odds of 16-5. to 5. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some more Premier League topics now and let's go to Goodison Park as Everton post to Fulham. Craig, last week I said that Fulham are on the beach. You just sort of referenced that as well. So I guess that's influenced your long shot pick just a moment ago. Yeah, it definitely has. Yeah, it's we're at a time where I do think that when you're looking at, at teams to, to back or teams to be against, um, those teams that are often the, the hardest to judge are those right in the middle where... They've nothing to play for, but you don't really know what the mentality is. You don't know what the team selection is going to be, whether the manager will want to give squad players a chance, maybe a couple of youngsters, or does he stick with his, his sort of regular team? But I think all those questions, Fulham have already answered them for us. Fulham are, as you said last week, on the beach. They've got nothing to play for. And as I sort of just mentioned then, it's not a bad thing. You know, Fulham have got the job done well early. Their job was to stay up this season, and they've done it so well that they can afford to sort of go on the beach as such for the rest of the season. They'll be happy. Their fans are happy. They've got another year of Premier League football. They're just coasting their way to the end of the season. There's nothing to prove, nothing to do. They did sort of self-implode as such against Manchester United a few weeks back, and, and that means that Mitrovic isn't playing um, in this game or beyond. I just think they're there for the taking, really. Everton are the complete opposite. They're scrapping for every single point. They're battling hard for every tackle. Um, they wanted to score as many goals as they can. And I just think that fight's going to see Everton through. I, I just don't... I think it, they're probably too... You know, Fulham at full strength for the better team here. 
Um, Fulham not at full strength. It's probably fairly even. I think the difference here is that Everton have got that fight and desire to win this game that Fulham don't have. And that's ultimately what's going to see them through. OK, then, Sam, you correctly predicted under 2.5 goals in Everton's last Premier League outing, that being at Old Trafford last Saturday. Do you fancy more of the same on Merseyside or odds of 4-6? to six? Yeah, if we're going off the last five games at Goodison Park, it's, has to, it screams yes, under 2.5. We've seen three 1-0 wins for the Toffees at home in the last five games. And I think it could happen again this weekend. No Metro, no party, of course, is usually the case of Fulham. Yeah, I think... To be honest with you, I'm looking at another 1-0 win for Everton, I think, this weekend at 11-2. Yeah, that sounds like a great pick there. Very logical, I think. You know, Deitch ball plus Fulham on the beach. I think, yeah, as you say, under 2.5 goals is almost locked on. But let's have another look at some more Premier League drama. Southampton players to Crystal Palace. Craig, the Eagles are soaring under Roy Hodgson. Back-to-back wins under his stewardship. Do you reckon he could get number three at the weekend? Not as a 13-8. Yeah, I mean... Although not mathematically, I think this could well be last chance saloon for Southampton here. Um, I'd say it's not mathematically over, but if they lose here, realistically, are they going to get out of this? And, and the answer would probably be no. And um, perhaps the opposite for Crystal Palace as well. You know, a win here, and again, not mathematically, but you would think that they're safe. Uh, get a win here, three three in a row, that would be then as well. It's been quite a turnaround for Crystal Palace. Uh, they're playing well. And the one thing that I noticed last week when they played Leeds... To me, they're attacking with real purpose and intent. They go forward with the ball and they look like they were going to do something every time they went forward. And yeah, you know, Leeds collapsed last weekend. Leeds were dreadful in the second half. But scoring five goals in a game is something that the majority, or if not all, of the other sides near the bottom of that table can only dream of. And that's what Crystal Palace have seemingly got back now. They might not do that again this season, but their ability to attack has changed dramatically since Roy Hodgson came in. Um, they proved me wrong. I'll happily admit that. And do you know what? I'm going to follow them here. Uh, a massive win. A win that, not mathematically, but in my eyes, would see Southampton pretty much relegated and Crystal Palace pretty much safe. Well, Sam, the Saints were destroyed at home by Manchester City last weekend and as a consequence are now 1-7 to seven on for the drop. Now, that's not a price that's going to make anyone rush out to place a bet because it's so short you think, what's the point? But if you take the, the market out of the equation... Do you think the Saints are now edging so much closer to relegation? Yeah, I'll be honest. I think they've done a dust. It, it, with a tinge of sadness, to be honest, I'll say that I used to go and watch Southampton quite a lot when I was living down south. Um, we had a sponsorship deal with the company I was working for, so we had like a, a box there. And we used to go, I used to go and watch Saints probably a couple of times a month. It's just, it's just sad. I, I've got quite a few Saints fans down there, made friends with a lot of people. I remember seeing Van Dyke against Inter Milan in the Europa League not so long back. And it's just, it's sad to see where they've gone here. Um, a lack of direction from the club, maybe. A lack of ambition. Selling players that, you know, really good players. And they've not re- ever replaced them. And I think it was only so long that they could keep going the way that they were going. And I think it's a, it's a shame for Southampton fans. But yeah, I think this is going to be the final nail in the coffin this season. I think I don't see them coming back from it. Yeah, there's certainly been a sense of death by a thousand cuts at Southampton, even this season. There's a lot of young, promising talent, but nothing to stitch it together. Maybe if they go down, they clear the decks, they might be better in the future, but they're not a Premier League team at the moment, are they? They just look like the worst team in the division. Someone has to be, and unfortunately, it is the Saints. Chelsea, to be fair, aren't actually too far off that title themselves. They play host to Brighton, and Craig, what do you make of Frank Lampard's installation as temporary boss? Again, another hiring that completely passed us by when we looked at the contenders last week. No bounce for him last week, but can we bank on one for his return to Stamford Bridge? Odds of eight to five. Yeah, I mean, 
completely opposite direction to which way I expected Chelsea to go this one. Um, you know, as, as a bit of an outsider looking in, I think this is a move from a team that have sort of pretty much given up on the season, if I'm being honest with you, um, which is not what I expected Chelsea to do. I think it's a move that tries to sort of create a break and, and give them the chance of a what you would call a fresh start in the summer. I don't expect Lampard to get the job full-time, and, and nor do I really expect them to finish the season well. And um, We spoke about Fulham being on the beach. I don't think Chelsea are on the beach, but in terms of sort of managerial appointments, bringing in someone just to take charge for the last few games of the season who knows the club inside out and is there to just do a, essentially a caretaker job, that's sort of showing signs that I think maybe maybe Chelsea are starting to pack the bags. Um, from sort of onto the game of the weekend, from a betting point of view, can you imagine at the start of this season us talking about Brighton being just 17-10 to 10 to win away at Chelsea? Um, you'd be laughed at. And, and you know what? You'd probably be laughed at even more if, if you were back in Brighton at that price to win away at Chelsea. But that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of it with you, Dan, but... Well, Brighton should certainly have got something from Spurs last week, shouldn't they? Um, they're in good form. They're playing well. The players are battling for a cause. They're hoping for European football. They've got an FA Cup semi-final coming up. And that battling for the cause, you know, Chelsea are not doing that at the minute. Chelsea look lost. They've got no identity. I don't really think they've got a style of play, a way that they want to sort of make things happen. Um the short in the betting Brighton, but I'm going to have to back them. Uh, I never thought I'd say I'd back Brighton at 17 to 10 to win away at Chelsea, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, I think Brighton's a good side, and I think Chelsea are just sort of labouring on towards the end of the season without really any sort of. I, I don't know. There's just no direction at the club at the minute. Do you know what? If Brighton were two to one, I would have been all over that in the long shot. I think you're spot on there, Craig. But Sam, even as a Spurs fan, I can admit that Brighton were absolutely robbed by the officials last week. So they're going to look to fare better in their second successive London trip. Could an away win and both teams scoring up to 4-1 to one, be of interest to you at all? Yeah, I'm going to add to it the robbery that we saw last week. <laughs> um, yeah, I was obviously a bit miffed to see that, obviously, as a Newcastle fan. We're going for the top four as well. But yeah, I'm liking a look at that 4-1 to one shout that you just mentioned there. I completely agree with everything that you guys have just said. Um Brighton definitely more than capable of going to Chelsea and getting something. Chelsea's lack of goals is worrying. Uh, the worry is, could Chelsea, will Chelsea score this weekend? They're the ones that I'd really question here with both teams to score. But, um, but yeah, I'd be tempted to go for that. OK, then let's stay on the topic of Tottenham, actually, because they're certainly the outsiders in the race for the top four, as three into two isn't going to go. But, Craig, could a win to nil at six to four over Bournemouth be the best starting point on Saturday? No, Dan, I don't think that's a good starting point at all, to be honest with Three wins from the last five for Bournemouth. Fighting hard to stay up. They, they're really battling and, and they're getting rewarded for the hard work they're putting in. Uh, one away at Leicester last weekend. They've beaten Fulham and Liverpool at home in the past few weeks. And I just can see them maybe sneaking something here. Um, I think they're going to give Spurs a few problems. I don't think Tottenham were very good last week and I don't think we've seen much from Spurs for, for many weeks now. Um I'm not saying Bournemouth can go all out and win, but uh, I do think the draw's quite good value here. The draw's 7-2, to two, and it just wouldn't surprise me at all if Bournemouth managed to nick a point from Tottenham on Saturday. Um, I, I just think that, that there's, there's a bit of fight in Bournemouth at the minute, um, something that I didn't expect to see, and, and they are getting the rewards for what they're doing, so I, I think they might get rewarded again. 
Okay then, Sam. On the flip side, four of the last six league games between the two have ended with over 4.5 goals. So you can get four to one on this happening again at the weekend. It happened on the South Coast early in the season. Do you fancy something along the lines of a 3-2 thriller in North London? Well, do you know what? We've already had a 3-2 thriller in North London uh, this season, not so long back, as you, if you remember the Arsenal oh, yes. game. Uh, so why not? The game's set for something ridiculous, isn't it? The way Tottenham have started a lot of the games this season, if Bournemouth take the early initiative, then yeah, this is set up for something. So yeah, I think 4-1 there. I might be tempted for it, to be fair. And it'll give me something. It's a bit of entertainment for the game. Get that bet on early doors and then just see how it pans out. And it gives you a little bit of a, gives you a little bit of something to enjoy the game. If you get an early goal from Bournemouth, you go, yeah, do you know what? This bet's on. I like it very much, even as a Spurs fan. But before we move on, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, back to a game that we've already spoke about and one I think we've all agreed on as well. Um, I'm going to go with Manchester City to record a massive win over Leicester. I'm going to go with City to win 5-0, which is 16-1. to um, As we sort of mentioned throughout, Leicester are there for the taking. I think this is going to be a very, very comfortable success for Manchester City. They will maybe, if, if you sort of look at what Pep did on Tuesday night with, with the lack of subs, I think this is a game where he's going to bring three or four new fresh faces into the team. But they've all got game time to, to look at in the next few weeks. All got a point to prove. I don't think that's going to stop City from winning comfortable. Uh, so, yeah, 5-0 Man City for me, 16-1. to Bad news for Leicester. But, Sam, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. I've just looked at this and the price is actually a little bit better now. Um, Everton to win 1-0 at Fulham. I said 11-2 earlier in the podcast. I've just looked on William Hill. He could actually get it for 6-1. to uh, Everton have won three of the last uh, five home games at Goodison Park 1-0 and you know I don't want to say it again but Fulham are on the beach so for me 1-0 Everton at 6-1 OK then and of course check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend Right let's mop up some more Premier League headlines now first up we're off to the city ground Craig Forrest have really hit the skids at completely the wrong time. Nine games without a win. Do you see the run being extended to ten at the hands of Manchester United? And if so, how? Yeah, I do think it'll be more of the same. Sadly for Nottingham Forest, as you said, really, really bad timing for this run and timing that could ultimately sort of cost them the place in this league. Who knows what the bigger consequences will be to that? By the way, when you look at what they've spent to try and stay up, the amount of players that they've got on their books, and ultimately their wage bill. Um, so it would be interesting to watch Forest if they do go down um, next season. In terms of the bet for this one, what I like is Manchester United to win and both teams to score, which is 12-5. to 5. In those nine games that you've mentioned without a win for Forest, they have actually scored in six of them and they've scored in all four of those games that, games that have been at home. That includes getting goals against Manchester City and Newcastle, so two you know good sides. Um, I'd expect a couple of Manchester United changes here after they're playing in Europe on Sunday. I do still fancy them for the win, but I do think they'll concede as well, so... Man United to win, uh, both teams to score, 12-5 to 5 for me. OK, and Sam, I spoke earlier about Southampton not being a tempting price to back in terms of relegation. If I was to offer you Forrest at 4-11 to 11 in the same market, would you take that instead as a bit of a banker or is the market just too volatile at that price? Yeah, I think it's exactly that. I think it is a bit volatile. Uh, the Premier League is so unpredictable this season, especially down at the bottom. It's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, you've got to be putting on a fair wedge to really get a what you'd consider a decent return um, back, I think, when it, when the stakes, sorry, when the odds are at that sort of price. So, yeah, for me, it's not something that I'd be tempted by. Yeah, I mean, they only need a win on Sunday, maybe, you know, four points from six, and that four to 11 looks a really bad price all of a sudden. But 
Forest are out of form. Let's look at two teams that are banging it. Aston Villa and Newcastle. Craig, would Villa in the double chance at odds of 4-6 to six be the best way to go? Or can you squeeze some more juice from this game? Yeah, I think this is the game that wins the award for being the, the toughest to solve this weekend. Um, I can't bet against Villa at the minute with how they're playing. And I don't think I can bet against Newcastle either. Um, so it kind of leaves me sort of stuck in the middle. Uh, and I, I'm going to sort of sit on the fence and go with a draw here. Um, Newcastle are in excellent form. They've bounced back to what you would call somewhere near their best after a dip sort of six weeks ago, whenever that was now. Um, but they meet Aston Villa, who, who are also playing some of their best football of the season as well. Um, this should be a really good game. But I think that if you're sort of looking for a bit of value, it probably comes with these two cancelling each other out. The draw's 23-10, to 10, so it's sort of heading towards 5-2 to two mark. Um, that's where I'd go at I can't really go against either team, I'm afraid. So that I'm going for the draw. OK, then, Sam. Let's look at it from your beloved Magpies' point of view. Are you bold enough to opt for the 23-20 to 20 away win? Or do you look at this and think, do you know what? Perhaps the draw at 23-10 to 10 is not the worst point that Eddie Howe's men will pick up between now and the end of the season. Yeah, exactly that. It's not the worst point, this. I'm a bit... Um, I'm a bit cautious on this one. I think it whiffs for the draw as well. But I'm in the same boat as Craig. The way Villa are playing at the moment, Una Emery's got them ticking, hasn't he? Uh, they've won their last four games in the league. We've won our last five games. Something's got to give for it to obviously go either way. I'm not sure it will. I think I've, se- I've seen us go through a lot of games this season where we have drawn we have drawn plenty. And I think going away to Villa Park at this moment in time, the way that they're playing, their fans will be up for this as well. Uh, and to be fair, they're competing for European places now, which... Who would have thought this when Steven Gerrard was in charge? So, got to say, well done to Unai Emery. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think a draw would be a good point for both teams here. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And it just goes to show for Villa, it's amazing what you do when you play Ollie Watkins in his right position. I mean, when they were playing him out wide and Dallying's in the middle, Villa were a very tame beast. Now, they've unlocked the secret and Villa are laughing, aren't they? But Wolves were also laughing last week as they picked up three points as they got the better of Chelsea. So, Craig... How does a win and under 2.5 total goals at the expense of Brentford sound when it's priced at 15-4? to 4? Yeah, I think that's a great price, Dan, and it's exactly where I'd be heading. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Wolves win this. Brentford have had some tough games recently, but they are four without a win. Um, I was with Wolves, and I backed them at 3-1 to one last weekend to beat Chelsea, so I, I sort of feel inclined to stick with them, to be honest. Um, if they do win this game, it's going to be tight. So, yeah, if, if you want to boost the odds a little more, than the standard Wolves win, then Wolves and under 2.5, which is covering a 1-0 or a 2-0 success to Wolves. 15-4, uh, to 4, like you say, it's good odds. I think the more goals they are in this game, the more likely Brentford are to, to win it. So so the fact we're going with under the goals with Wolves seems, seems a logical way to go. Then again, Sam, I always like to try and offer a counterpoint, and that being that Brentford did win at Molyneux last season. So if I was to offer you the away win and Ivan Tony to score any time, odds of 9-2, to two, is this something that piques your interest at all? Potentially. I mean, I can't, I'm sitting on the fence with this one, to be honest with you. I can't pick a winner either way. But even uh, Ivan Tony at 15-8 to eight is still very backable just to score any time. 18 league goals a season, and he nearly had a hat-trick against Darlot last week. Obviously, if it wasn't for VAR and missing that penalty. So, Ivan Tony is in good form at the moment. 15-8 to eight is very backable just for him to score in time. So, I'd probably be more tempted by that. Yeah, I guess that's a good shout, actually. It's kind of, you're not committing to the Brentford win. You could see, I don't know, Wolves win 2-1, you get your Tony goal, you still quids in. 
But let's finally go to Monday Night Football as Leeds play host to Liverpool. Craig, the Ellen Road outfit won at Anfield earlier in the season. So how does 7-2 for the league double sound at the start of next week? No, I'm going to round the weekend off by going with a Liverpool win here. But I would say that I don't think either team can sort of be trusted too much and, and both can throw in the odd either great or terribly bad performance sort of out of the blue from nowhere. Um, the reason I'm going for Liverpool is I just look back to last weekend. Leeds went behind Crystal Palace and absolutely collapsed and got thumped in the end. Um, Liverpool went behind to Arsenal and came to life and they showed a bit of fight and, and sort of they showed far more than what I expected them to show, and they really should have won that game. You know, that's we're talking about Liverpool here, and, and you know they, they should be fancied to beat Arsenal. But but really, when you look at last weekend, they weren't that fancied to beat Arsenal. They should have won that game. Um, if Liverpool are anywhere near that level and they can put in a repeat performance here, then I think they'll be far too strong for Leeds. And we finally sort of saw Liverpool, although I don't think they took the chances very well. At least they created chances last weekend, and that's something that they've struggled with. If they create the number of chances they did, I just can't see Leeds, Leeds and their defence coping with them. Um, so I will go with Liverpool, but sort of the odd um, asterisks at the side of it, both of these teams, they can just throw in the odd unexpected performance, either good or bad uh, at any point. I think they're quite unpredictable teams this season, these two, but it's Liverpool for me. OK, Sam, if there's a bit of unpredictability with that pick, what about goals? So you can get... 11-8 to eight on over 3.5. Does that get the pulses racing? Or are you looking at this and thinking, do you know what, I'll take the under option or to 4-7? to seven? Yeah, for me, it's going to be the unders all day long. I was in a pub the other day. Obviously, I'm I'm from around the Leeds way. And should, I was obviously surrounded by Leeds fans. You should have seen some of the looks of disgust from what they were witnessing against Crystal Palace this week. I don't think anyone predicted that coming, especially when they had the lead. Um, for that, for, to go overs in this game, you obviously you're expecting Liverpool to have to score the bulk of the goals. And from what we've seen of them on the road this season, I don't see that happening personally. I think it'd be unders for me in this one. OK, then, that wraps up the Premier League chat. It's time for our final bit of business. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an acre. We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, it's the Premier League on Sunday for my pick and I'm going to go with Manchester United to win away at Nottingham Forest, a game we've already spoke about. Um, the ship's sort of been steadied with two home wins recently for Manchester United. Both of those come with a clean sheet and they head to Nottingham Forest who, who have failed to win any of the last nine games. Uh, Forest are hitting problems at exactly the wrong time and while United, sort of, they do need to keep picking up points to remain in control of the top four race and that's something I think they're going to do here. Um Forest, they've not only just been failing to win, but I don't think performance have been that good either. Poor against Aston Villa last week, even worse against Leeds the week before. Uh, they just don't look anywhere near good enough at the minute. So it's Manchester United for me at 3-5 to five to kick things off. I like the sound of that. Sam, what have you got up your sleeve? Uh, so for me, it's going to be Arsenal versus West Ham. I'm going to go for the Arsenal win. Obviously, we spoke about it a little bit earlier, uh, earlier on this show. Arsenal have got a very good record against the Hammers. Won six of the last seven there uh, against them and they draw the other game. Uh, obviously, West Ham have got to go to Belgium in the Conference League this uh, on Thursday as well. So there might be a little bit of tiredness there on their end. So for me, Arsenal 4-7 is the best. 
Okay, then I'm going to pack the passport and go to Syria, especially I play host to Lazio. The hosts are just keeping their heads above water, but are still threatened by relegation. It's no winning three for them. The last thing they need is a visit from Maurizio Sarri's men. The Stadio Olimpico outfit are currently the best of Serie A's rest, and this is courtesy of a seven-game unbeaten run, that being the joint longest in the division at present. Their tails are currently up as of late, and I believe they will be up for the task in hand as I back the away win at odds of 8-11. to Right then, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website, and now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Looking forward to another good weekend of football. Um, personally, I'm, I'm heading down south, me, this weekend, going to Forest Green on Saturday uh, to tick another ground off on the list. So looking forward to that one. And then looking forward to two good games on Sunday. See what Arsenal can do uh, away at West Ham. And then hopefully Manchester United win for the for the odds on Acker. Does that mean you could be sending Forest Green down this weekend? Is that right? That's right, yeah, yeah. If, if we win, Forest Green go down, um, which, which will be sad. But what I'm hoping is Barnsley and Forest Green don't play against each other again for a very, very long time because of we're in a slightly higher division than them. So uh, I thought I'd best nip down and tick this one off before uh, before they go back to League Two. Top plan there. And Sam, thanks for your time, not just this week, but last week also. A cracking fortnight. And more importantly, thanks for sharing your betting insights with me. Absolute pleasure, gents. Uh, Hopefully get the call up one day again if anyone ever has to step down. But yeah, I'll enjoy listening to the show in the meantime. Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. You've certainly created competition for places, and that's what we want here. So with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 